Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Endurance is a part of life. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could be with me for this uh, special time. We're going to talk about a very, very important subject, one I get asked about a lot, and that is endurance or perseverance. The Bible uses that word numerous times, and it's a subject that uh, people have to deal with in their life, and it's quite frankly a subject that people celebrate, you know, no matter what their political background is, or their religious orientation, or their socioeconomic place. We all tend to venerate people that have exhibited great endurance. And endurance is certainly a mark of a disciple, of a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, to be honest with you, it's one of the questions uh, I've been asked, probably maybe the question I've been asked the most in my whole life is, how do you keep going? How do you stay out there? You know, how do you keep pushing forward? Uh, so, and it's it's a legitimate question, and there are uh, a lot of insights into that. Uh, not so long ago, I was in Honduras teaching in the Global War Bible College, and one of my assignments was to teach First uh, and Second Peter, which is a big assignment. And of course, the curriculum is already done, so you teach from the curriculum that's there. But even so, it requires your own study, of course. And I've certainly preached from First and Second Peter. But I don't know that I've never really done or ever really done an exhaustive study. And so when I got home, I was, I was intrigued. And uh, I've been reading through First and Second Peter a lot since that time. And so I want to just give you some insight uh, from First Peter, the first chapter on endurance. He's writing to people who are on the eve of a, a round of persecution breaking out. He is really prophetically preparing them, and uh, his life is at hand as well. But I want to give you just some insights from what he says here. I'm going to give you four clear points from 1 Peter 1, and let's look at verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Now, the apostle here is not saying that trials are pleasant, things that are coming upon them. He's not even saying that they're the will of God. A lot of people put things on God's plate that God did not cause. But what he says, though, now for a little while, this is a perspective. This is understanding that there are seasons where we hit patches in our life. Uh, circumstances often beyond our ability to control them, things that did not happen because we were disobedient to God or we were singled out in some way. They are a rough spot in life. They are a trial. They are a bump in the road. And of course, when you're in the midst of that trial, no matter how long it is, it seems like it is forever. And so Peter is framing the question here to remember this is not going to last forever and the virtue the ability to think ahead to plan ahead to dream ahead on where you want to go 
not just waiting to get out of that trial. So number one would be understanding that it is but for a season, the circumstance that you may find yourself in. Uh, you know, the one of the reasons, you know, I live in the Northeast and, uh, you know, we get some severe winters here. And I'll tell you, I'm not a cold person at all. But you know how I deal with winter? I think April's coming. That's how I deal with winter. <laughs> I think April is going to come sooner or later. That March seems very long sometimes. And February seems tedious. In January, I just want to get through. And in December, I brace myself. But you know what? I know it's a season, and it's a season I can't control, but it will come to an end. So understanding that and then looking forward. Then in verse 7, the very next verse, he says this, So the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of of Jesus Christ. It's important to note here that he says what's really being tested is our faith. Every test is a faith test. First uh, John 5, 4 says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Okay, So the reality is, even though we have circumstances that have beset us, the truth is, at the end of the day, every test is a faith test not just a get-through-it test. To have endurance, you must focus on faith, not just getting through, not just enduring. And so, word people, spirit people, what they do is they bolster themselves with the word, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. If you're going on a long journey, and there's no gas, you're going to bring some gas cans. If you're going on a long journey and there's no food, you're going to bring a bag of snacks, right? Well, when you're on the journey excuse me, of endurance, you've got to bolster your faith. You've got to bury yourself in the Word of God, especially in the area that you may be really find yourself uh, you know, in a trial over. Maybe it's a trial about a relationships. Maybe it's a health trial. Maybe it's a financial trial. Maybe it's a calling and discernment of ministry trial. Well, you've got to get yourself in the, your nose in the word and build your faith in those very areas uh, so that you have something to fight with. Every test is a faith test. It's not just your life being disrupt, interrupted. It's your faith being attacked. And so the way faith works is you've got to attack back. You've got to believe God not just wait for something to change. You've got to hold on to the promise of God, not just endure and hope things come out somehow in the end okay. Endurance is not passive, is what I'm trying to tell you. So every test is a faith test. In verse 9, he says this, Obtaining as the outcome of your faith, there's your faith again, the salvation of your souls. So, He's really giving them the big picture here. He's reminding them, no matter what happens in this circumstance, you are a saved person. I want you to think about that, really. At the end of the day, I have something that cannot be taken away by anybody else, something that I hold fast to, and that is my salvation. I will be in heaven 
forever with Jesus. I am a, a Christian. My end result is already guaranteed, even though I may find myself in a circumstance that is totally unacceptable and totally unpleasant in my life. He says, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. Keep your faith focused, but remember in the worst case scenario, I stand with the Lord. See, this is how martyrs endured persecution, okay? And you've got to remember something here. When the Bible talks about trials, it's usually talking about a persecution of our faith, not just life circumstances, okay? It's important to understand that. So the third thing would be uh, keep your eyes on the prize. Understand that your salvation cannot be bartered or bargained away, that you hold fast to your standing in Christ and his covenant with you. That is a great consoling thing to understand and to hold fast to and something you build your life around. It's called living your life in light of eternity, letting eternity influence your daily posture, your daily decision, your daily focus, and how you walk through some of these things. I walk through them in victory. I look ahead. Someday I'm going to come out of this. Someday I'm going to come out of this. Someday this will cease to operate and my salvation will continue to operate. Then in verse 12, he says this, and I really like this part. I've preached from this part more than once. It says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And listen to this phrase, things into which the angels long to look. Now, the verses between 9 and 12, he's talking about those who have endured, those who have suffered for the gospel, those who have been persecuted. How did they endure? I'd like to know that. How did they endure? It was revealed to them they were not serving themselves. Whether we understand it or not today, we stand on the shoulders of somebody who suffered for their faith. In our spiritual heritage, there is a person, there is a man, there is a woman, there is a child who was persecuted but stood their ground because they looked ahead and realized there was somebody dependent on them. When I realize there are people dependent on me, it gives me a strength, it gives me a perspective, it makes the value of my right decisions greater for me than just how they benefit me. We live in a very eye-focused culture. And so for people to be focused on somebody else is not something that you just do with your intellect. It's something that you do with your whole heart. Man, I'd encourage you to read this first chapter of 1 Peter and really ask the Lord to teach you how to be a man, how to be a woman that not only knows how to endure, but that can impart endurance to other people. Because that's a very high value to God. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Thank you for spending some time with me. And maybe you know somebody that needs to really be encouraged. Why don't you pass this on to them today? Bless you. 
Today, Keith gave us four keys to enduring. One, trials are only for a season. Two, every test is a faith test. Three, endurance is not passive. And lastly, four, keep your eyes on the prize of eternity. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.